The Sportsman's Nation is powered by Interstate Batteries for all your battery needs, whether it's a trail camera, your vehicle, your four-wheeler, whatever it is, interstatebatteries.com has got you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today, Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening. My name's Parker McDonald, and this is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Drew Robbins. Drew, how's it going, buddy? You know what, Parker, if any other guy called me lovely, I would take offense. But from you, <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> so, no, man, do, doing good. It, it's um, it's dropped off hot here in Alabama. And, uh, no. man, it, it got hot. No Whew. joke. Dude, it has been rough today. I'm actually not in Alabama. I'm in Texas. I'm sitting in my parents. Actually, I'm sitting in my parents' bedroom because it's the quietest place in our in their house right now uh here in east texas and east texas is well into the 90s uh humid and my dad's truck doesn't have air conditioning right now so it's been pretty rough and then the worst part about it is his truck the passenger side window um does not work and so yeah. yeah i'm sitting there in the passenger side and there's air from the windows blowing on anybody else that's in the car except for that passenger side so it's just like yeah i think he could about roast a marshmallow today right there hey man we, we've all had those type of trucks that you know it's like <laughs> window don't work ac don't work uh oh man we used to have some dog hunting trucks back in the day where that was just wait quick story about that about crazy trucks my dad had one that the ignition didn't work so he had to pull the wires out from underneath the um, steering column, click them together, and like spark them to get the truck to crank. He had a hot wire and the truck that he owned. <laughs> he had the hot wire the truck, and it it really it really sucked because you know during a big buck race, dog hunting, it was terrible. It was I'm like, Dad, you're going you're going to get set us all on fire. So, <laughs> but no, you I know it's crazy, dude. It was just I mean we <laughs> we. We all have vehicles like that, but now you're you're going to do some um, um, some fishing tomorrow, ain't you? Yeah. So Dad is actually he was going to be on this podcast, um, but he's actually going to. It's late. I mean, we're recording at almost nearly eleven o'clock, and uh, we're getting up super early to go fishing. So right now, let me tell you about this, Drew. Uh, I'm doing this chasing tails yakking for bass challenge, right? And yes. I, I'm doing fairly good in the tournament. I think I'm in sixth place right now. Right. Um, I, I have been as high as fourth place and as low as like maybe eighth place. But I think I'm, I'm in sixth place, sixth place right now. And the way for anybody listening who doesn't know kayak bass fishing tournaments. So the way this tournament works is it's all through an app called Tourney X, which is what a lot. It's kind of standard for kayak tournaments. And, it takes your top five best fish, and um, and you measure them on a measuring device. So I use a hog trough, 
and you add mm-hmm. the inches of your top five best fish. And as you catch bigger fish, it will auto cull when you put the inches in. So let's say I have five 13 inch fishes, f- fish, not fishes. I don't, maybe I don't know. Fishes. I have five 13 inch <laughs> fish <laughs> and, uh, and I catch one that's 15 inches. Well, it'll knock off one of those 13 and put a 15 in there. And it just basically auto coals as you add bigger fish and it keeps your top five biggest fish. And you have to take a picture yeah. of it and um, submit that. And then the judge makes sure everything's good and you, and you do your thing or whatever. So right now I am in either sixth or seventh place. But here's the problem. I've got a pretty decent stringer, right? I've got a 21-inch mm-hmm. fish, which is a really good bass. I've got a 20.25-inch yeah. fish, which is actually a bigger bass than the 21, but in kayak tournaments, inches matter, not weight. Um, so I've got those two big fish on there, and then I've got a 17 and something and some change, and I've got a 16 and some change, which are all, you know, I mean, I should be able to get rid of that 17 and the 16, I would imagine. But the worst part is my last fish is 13.25, I think, is what it is, which is a tiny fish. Yeah. But I just can't freaking get rid of him. So I got rid of it <laughs> uh, yesterday, two days ago. Two day, two evenings ago, I caught a 15-inch fish, would have, which would have bumped my inches up two inches um, yeah. in, the, in the standings, which would have put me like in third place, I think, or fourth place at the time. And, uh, so I was trying to take a picture of this fish and the Joker flopped out off of my measuring board and back into the water. And I was so ticked Ugh. off. I was so mad, dude. I, I get into a rage with measuring these fish. Like it's a rage unlike any other, like, <laughs> like if a fish, if a fish won't stop flopping while I'm just trying to take a picture of it, sometimes I'm tempted to just throw the dang thing back onto the land and not throw it in the water and just be like, you're, you're dead. I'm killing you. Like I get into a rage with these fish when they won't stop. It's like, it's, it's unreal. Actually, it's an unreal type rage where I cannot control the things that I say. I get cussing mad. I'm just like, I'm out there in the middle of the lake cussing these stupid fish. And I'm like, my gosh, nothing, maybe nothing in the world makes me this mad. Honestly, like, like nothing. And when that happened, I was, Oh dude, I I got into a rage where I just couldn't say anything because anything that I said would have been sinful, right? Like, (laughs) I just didn't say it. And I was by myself. It wasn't like anybody was there to hear me. I was by myself, and I was just like, "Mm. oh, Mm, mm, help me, mm, Jesus, mm. because I am about to freak out on this stupid thing. I've been trying to get rid of this 13-inch fish for days at this point. Oh, gosh. So, Dad... Go ahead. Your dad caught a slammer. He's caught several. He, Dad's a good he, fisherman. He is on. He's on a roll, man. Like I, I was, I was looking at the Facebook post, and he's caught. So are are y'all going back to that same area that that he's been catching the fish at? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We are. Oh yeah. Um. So we're going to a lake out here in East Texas, and he's like, "Oh, you'll catch, you'll catch your fish. You'll catch, you'll get rid of that thirteen, for sure." And so I'm like, "Well, okay." So we're going out in the morning. I'm going to try to get rid of that 13-inch fish and maybe maybe bump up a couple places. I, I feel pretty confident with a 21 and a 20 and a quarter-inch fish and a full lineup of decent fish. I, I'll, I'll finish in top 10. 
Um, yeah. But if I could well, get but, rid of that and, 13, man, it would be amazing. And, I mean, honestly, really, you just want to be Walt. I mean, when it really comes down to it. Oh, I mean, dude, I'm gonna, I'd am gonna i be Walt if I stayed exactly where I'm at right now. So, <laughs> I'm not worried about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, Walt's the guy that has, you know, the Crocs that match the yep, baby blue. kayak and baby blue. Yeah, yeah, baby old, blue. old baby blue. That, that should be his nickname, Mr. Baby Blue. Let's he do, calls it surf. Let's do it. He calls it surf green, but it's baby blue. It's such a ginger color, man. It's such anyway. So it, Walter Walter's kayak is this color, and he has matching Crocs. Not only that, dude, he's got a matching <laughs> phone case. Um, what else does he have? That's baby blue. Does he have more things? It's, it's a yes, a cooler. A cooler that matches it. Uh, I, I feel um, confident he's got a shirt that matches it. I, I don't I know. Mean, definitely. Have you ever seen I mean, Malibu's like, Most Wanted? Yes. It kind of reminds me of that. Yes. Of the guy yeah. in Malibu's most wanted, just decked out in that baby blue. Anyway, oh, Walter. Yeah, I'll beat Walter. Chase has a chance at, at coming back on me. I think well, last time I looked, I was about five inches ahead of him, but I have a 13-inch fish on my stringer. All I have to yeah. do is catch a – if I catch an 18-inch fish, which is which I should be able to do before this tournament's over – if I catch an 18-inch fish, well, that bumps me up five inches, which is a yeah. lot, just by catching one 18-inch yeah. fish because it it get it gets rid of that 13, and it bumps yeah. me up five yeah. inches. So I should be able to do that, but you know, so we're gonna go out tomorrow, and so that's why Dad's not on the podcast. He's loading everything up, making sure everything's ready. And, uh, and we're going to do this podcast. Um, but before we get into it, I want to talk about um, Scree Gear just for a half second. I want to let you guys oh, know yeah, about Scree Gear. If this is the first time you've ever listened to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast especially, uh, you need to know that you can use the, the code, all lowercase, all one word, use the code Southern Ground at checkout on ScreeGear.com and you will receive 15% off of your purchase. Uh, and I actually, Drew, I got a uh, I got a notification on my email today that Scree is doing a pretty cool giveaway. And uh, so go to their website, ScreeGear.com. Nice. Check it out. Check out. They, they do these giveaways often. Um, they do a lot of stuff on there. So you need to go check that out on ScreeGear.com. Um, and follow them on all their social media stuff. Here's what I can tell you is it is the most affordable, most effective um technical hunting apparel that i have found and um and that's why we that's why we work with them very closely it was not a it was not a uh, scree came to me and offered to sponsor southern ground or anything like that it was a it was a relationship and I, like drew me and you purchased a whole bunch of scree stuff because we wanted to say hey let's try yeah. this out before we yeah before we say hey let's before we reach out and try to start something and so um yeah. So we did that, and I I've loved it ever since. I, it was oh, yeah, enough man. for me I, to say, yeah, we'll represent this this company. Yeah, it's some it's some really good stuff. So guys, like like Parker said, go 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 on the Scree website and um, uh, Southern Ground. Um, also, just to, um, they got some of the best t shirts, bro. Oh out yeah, there. like comfortable. Yeah, I I just randomly you know was looking at one. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna try. It. It's literally the best t shirt that I own. <laughs> like I mean, it's comfortable. It's that comfort, you know. 
I'm telling you, man, it's it, it's some good stuff, and it's it's lasted. I put it in the dryer accidentally; it didn't shrink. I didn't look like I was shopping at Baby Gap for all my clothes. Like it's it's awesome. <laughs> Stop shopping at Baby Gap. I'm telling you, man. It's guys, <laughs> just it, seriously, all their stuff is top notch, and you go check it out. Heck yeah, I I completely agree. I agree with you, Drew, and that's enough. That's enough said about that. So, oh, yeah. um, uh, the podcast today is going to be about this and, and I'm going to go into our next, um, kind of, kind of an advertisement, but mostly to talk about my first regret. So our whole podcast today is, is going to be about, um, regrets that we have had in the deer woods. Drew, yes or no. Have you, do you have any regrets when it comes to deer hunting? Yes. Yes. Most definitely. So my goal is to not have any regrets. I don't want to have any regrets. Every time I pull the trigger, I want to be so confident that I'm not going to regret that. And uh, and for the most part, this that's true. But let me tell you, Drew, about the one of the number one, one of the, the biggest regrets that I have when it comes to deer hunting, and that is that I did not start saddle hunting earlier. Like, I yeah, heard about true it. True statement. I've heard about it for a long time. Um, you know, I've, I've followed John Eberhart for a minute now and, uh, knew that he was a saddle hunter. I always thought, mm, I don't know, man, that just doesn't sound like it's for me. Uh, like a lot of people probably listening to this have thought at one point or another, like, mm, I don't know, it, maybe it's for some people. It's just not for me. Let me tell you, that is the biggest regret that I have when it comes to deer hunting is that I didn't start doing it as soon as I found out about it. And, uh, yeah. and luckily, you know, one of my best friends in the world is Greg Godfrey, who owns Tethered, who started Tethered, uh, with some regular, just average Joe guys, people who love to deer hunt, who love DIY, they love saddle hunting, and they started this company, Tethered, and, um, man, I'm telling you, like, they're crushing the game, and, um, Drew, I don't know if you've if you've tried out the Phantom yet, but I've got a Phantom, and uh, I actually brought one here uh, to my dad so that he could try it out. And just yeah. the way that the dang thing fits on me is absolutely incredible. Like it, it cups my butt so well. The only thing that cups my butt better is my wife. I'm telling you that. That is the absolute truth. The only thing that feels better cupping my butt is my wife's hands. Well, there you go. That's saying a lot, Drew. I mean, really, you don't have to say anything else other than that right there. Yeah, this is true. You know? And I don't know how many of you men let your wife cup your butt, but you should. Yeah. It's an experience. I'm I'm excited to to, uh, try it out. Um, I I had the manis, and, um, and... Man, true story, guys. I'm I'm six foot. I'm I'm a bigger dude. Um, right at you know I'll fluctuate between um you know two ninety eight and three hundred one every now and then. And um and and I go so, up and down. Um, you know, if I'm dieting, yeah, two ninety eight. <laughs> I go up and down a lot. You know, um and but but seriously, I set I set six hours in a in a manis, and so if I, well, I'm saying that to say I'm really excited about the Phantom, you know, and and what that looks like, and 
I'm trying that on. And um, but guys, I mean, even even the Mantis, I mean, you, you, it's it's comfortable, portable. It's just uh, you know, it's it's a really good system. And the thing about the Mantis right now is you can find one super cheap. If you want to, oh, yeah. like, I would encourage anybody, like, don't let that be a regret that you have to have, because I promise you, the moment you try it, you're going to be like, crap, I regret not doing this a lot sooner when I first found out about it. Like, find yeah. one, find yes. somebody that's got one. Tethered has teach and train events going on right now all over. Um, yeah. Like, like we're doing yeah. one at the World Deer Expo, the, is it the 18th, the 17th and 18th of July, I think. Um I think so. I think that's the right dates. But there's, I mean, all over the place, they're having these teach and train events. And now that the COVID-19 crap has kind of slowed down a little bit and, uh, and all that, we can kind of do these events. You know, they can, they can actually happen now. And so um, go check those out. I know plenty of people that do demo days in st- most states. You can find somebody that's doing a saddle hunting demo day. You can find a way to try out a... Uh, a mantis or a phantom um you need to do it because it'll change the way that you hunt and for me it's changed like there's not a lot of things that i'm going to say that has changed my success rate but the saddle is definitely one of those things for me and so that's my number one regret drew is not getting into saddle hunting sooner so um let's talk about this for a second regrets when i think about regrets i think about man like the number one thing that we really try to promote here on Southern Ground, on the podcast, on the YouTube, on social media, is the idea that um, everything is about that experience. And and if the experience that you want to have is shooting, you know, a, a legal buck in Florida or a 150 in Kentucky or Ohio or Indiana or somewhere in the Midwest – Whatever your goal is, set those goals, and if you know that you're not going to be happy any other way, if that's the experience you want, then go after that experience. But if you think you can go to Ohio, where there's a lot of big bucks, but you will be completely content with just filling a buck tag, go and fill that buck tag. Like that's that's pretty much yeah. what we preach on Southern Ground yeah. and through Southern Ground. You know, I'm I'm all over the board. I'm not going to say I only shoot one. 50s or it has to be a over 130 or i'm not going to shoot it and i also don't say i'm going to shoot anything that walks like it i'm all over the board it just kind of depends on where i'm at and how i'm feeling that day and so i you know i can't give like a like a for sure this is me this is who i am this is how i'm going to do it what i can tell you for sure is is i'm going to enjoy the heck out of myself doing it and but that being said I've got re- I've got regrets. Do do you have a lot of regrets, Drew? Would you say you have a lot of them, a few of them, not very many of them? How is that for you? Well, I I have a lot of them. Uh, some of them would I would you know classify as kind of you know minor. Yeah. Um, and um, I'll give some examples of that here in just a second. But like probably my biggest regret, honestly, was um, um not not being open-minded about public land until three years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I was, I was able to, um, with, with, with the job I had, we were youth pastors for 10 years and and we moved around the Southeast. Some, um, we started out in Texas and then, then we went to Arkansas and 
I know Texas doesn't have a lot of public land, but Texas has a lot of big deer. And I know Parker, you're going to, you're going to talk about that here in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. but, um, just not, not being open-minded because I, I grew up, I didn't hunt public land. We, we always had leases, um, that we were on timber companies, things like that. And so, so growing up, that's what we did. So, um, and, and Parker, you, you've said multiple times, you know, hunting in Texas is a rich man's sport. Yeah. Um, just because there's a lot of, there's a lot of private ranches out there. Well, but still, even the public land out there is much better than any private land that I would have ever had in Florida. But because I was just so narrow minded in, um, in looking at that, um, that I, I thought I just had to go private, you know, I'm um, the same thing in Arkansas. I mean, I was, I was really close to a, in fact, I went, and when I say close, I was 10 minutes from a, wma that had great duck hunting and i duck hunted on it but it also produced really quality deer um it was it was difficult hunting because it was all water and um but once again i was so narrow-minded in the sense of i was looking for private land and then i also wrote that off because i was like man that's you know it's all water i have to have a boat i don't have a boat yada 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 and so those are a couple of my big big regrets like i was in some pretty some pretty good whitetail states yeah um for ex- for extended periods of time and did not take advantage of all that those states had to offer when it comes to public land yeah i mean when you think about arkansas man i can think about there's a there's actually a page on facebook it's called arkansas mobile hunters and uh mm-hmm. the page is awesome and dude arkansas yeah. arkansas is a great state and uh dude and, the yeah the the white river down there yeah. Um, produces, I mean, and it's crazy too, cause you got the Mississippi flowing right alongside of it, you know, and just, I mean, there's, there's incredible deer hunting there. And, um, but I was just so focused on trying to get, you know, like I said, private land, um, that I just didn't take advantage of it. And that's my fault. Yeah. So that, that was, I mean, um, we're, we're tracking together on this because that, that was one of my main things too. That's like one of my top top things and and m- most of my top things have less to do with you know certain calls I made in the field and more to do right. with not taking advantage of certain things and certain resources that were out there and so like when I think about uh, living in Georgia I lived in Georgia for two years and never stepped foot on public land um, I, I, that's a lie I did step foot on public land because I considered it but then I ended up just getting on a lease anyways and now I think right. about that and I'm like, man, like there was so many opportunities then for me to hunt. I mean, close to my house, super close to where I was living at, like within right. a few minutes away. But instead I got on this lease that was two hours away and I spent so much time going into that place. Now, granted, on that lease, I killed the biggest deer of my life and probably had one of the best at that point, hunting seasons that I'd ever had. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying right. that I, I regret getting on that lease. It was great. It was fun. Um, I killed my first Eastern Turkey on that lease that year. Like it was just, it was a great place. But when I think about like, you know, just my, um, experiences on public land and the things that I've, the things that I know now, I mean, that's, that is 100% one of the biggest regrets. And when I think about this, so Drew, you know, I go to Kentucky a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. last year I went to several States. Like I went to a lot of States and then year before that, 
I went to probably four states. Like, once I started doing this public land thing and realizing, hey, I'm actually experiencing a lot more success on public than I ever did on private, I have to work a little bit harder, actually a lot harder. I have to think about things a little bit deeper, but I'm becoming a better deer hunter, and now I can shoot. I can be as successful on private. I can be more successful on private than I ever could, but I can go on public anywhere. And so now, you know, the the idea of hunting Iowa, for example, if you would have asked me six or seven years ago, hey, will you ever go hunt Iowa? I would say, well, crap, probably not. I could never afford to go to an outfitter right. in Iowa. That would be my response. Right. It would not, right. I would not even consider public land. Um, right. And, and the fact that I would now is just, I'm like, how stupid could you have possibly been that all these opportunities are right here in front of you and you could, that like the sky is the limit. Every, everybody yeah. could afford, what's the Kentucky tag cost? 360 bucks or something like that to hunt for a yeah. year. So you think about Kentucky, yeah. Kentucky's a big buck state, 360 bucks. I mean, that's an electricity bill for a month. You yeah. know, that's just a little bit of saving saving everybody ever just about everybody with a job could save that in the year and go on a trip to Kentucky for 10 days, you know, use your vacation, yeah. go like, it's not, it's not out of your grasp. It's not out of your reach. You could do it if you wanted to. And I think yeah. about how I am 30 years old and like the majority of my life, I did not spend thinking like that. How stupid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that man. I know, man. That that's like, like I said, that that's one of my big ones, and um, especially now having kids, um, I'm I'm grateful that I am on a lease currently now, because um, um, I can I can take them. It's a little bit easier. We've talked about this yeah. on past episodes. It's easier to introduce them to hunting for them to enjoy it quicker on a lease or, you know, or private land versus public, mm-hmm. especially water access and you know I'm hiking in up and down hills and stuff. And so, um, but prior to us having kids, you know, um, I was always trying, and this is another regret, regret. I was always, I, I always thought like latest and greatest was best. And so I would spend a lot of money on, uh, you know, a new bow or new broadheads or new, and uh, eventually those things add up. And by the time that those things add added up if I would have just kept a setup for a, a couple different years, I could have gone two or three different states on public land and had these incredible experiences. Yeah. But, you know, being um I guess young and dumb, you know, I was always thinking I gotta have the newest of this and the newest of that. There's nothing wrong with that, but um one of the uh the the other side of that is I focused a lot on that side of it and I didn't focus a lot on the woodsmanship scouting side of things mm-hmm. um and you, you know i mean um they've been, they've been killing animals with uh a rock and a string for thousands of years you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so it's 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 not necessarily about the equipment that you have is can you put yourself in the position to use that equipment to get something on the ground and so that was another regret is i, I spent a lot of time in um on equipment rather than out in the woods, boots on the ground or looking at maps scouting. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean that's those those regrets are are very real, and I think you know a lot of a lot of guys, especially in the private land, um, you know, there's a lot of people. Man, I'll sit and have conversations with people weekly, where you know they'll say, "Man, that big buck that you killed this year on public that was that was in, that was incredible." I don't even I don't even see deer like that on private land. And I'm like. Well, why don't you try public? Just try it and see what you think. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit more work, but it's a whole lot of it's a whole lot of payoff when you make it work. Like yeah. the the experience is unreal. Uh, I don't know about that, man. I I just I uh, it's tough to find deer on public, and I'm like, well, that's why you're never going. That's why nobody's going to know your name when you die, because <laughs> because right. you you're just not willing. Right. And so that's fine if they don't want to, you know. But I'm I'm saying like. There are so many opportunities on public land that are out there. Um, I just feel crazy that I didn't take advantage of it sooner. So let me ask you this, Drew. I know. Is there anything yeah. positive that came out of, that has come out of the fact that you did not start hunting public land until later in life? Anything positive came out of my hunting? Can you, can, you think, um, can you think of a a positive thing that came out of that. I, you want me to answer first? Well, well, this is, I can, I can tell you this. Um, um, I w- I was able to, uh, fall in love with hunting early. Um, because I didn't get, you know, drug up and down mountains and hills when I was four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old following mm-hmm. dad. Yeah. You know, so, so that was good. Um, um, also, it was a little bit easier um, to kind of learn the basics of patterning deer, because mm-hmm. um, I mean, in in our clubs and leases, and even even running dogs, because that, that's what I grew up doing. I I grew up running dogs, and so, um, um, and which which is awesome. Um, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, and so, but there, I learned that deer have patterns and 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 habits and. And so that was on private. Now you can you can run dogs on public. I know I know Parker. You went down to Florida and, and on public, and there was dog hunters there. You know, mm-hmm. there but, was plenty. But yeah, <laughs> and so but um, so one, I was able to fall in love with the sport that we call hunting early, um, and then also it the the groundwork was there of learning. You know um, how deer moves um tracks how to uh look at a track and you know buck or doe type deal so that was positive but um other than that um you know uh there's i mean other than that there's not a whole lot else past that just to be honest all right so here's my positive and yours was probably a better answer than mine but mine's more like realistic i guess for me if i would have hunting started hunting public land earlier in life like say before I got married, there's a good chance my wife would have not wanted to marry me. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Like (laughs) if I was as hardcore into this stuff as I am, like I may not have even been around for her to even date me. You know what I mean? Like, like a single guy, like with, and and, you know, hunting public lands and doing like this, just hardcore um, mobile hunting, just being a part of that scene as a single guy, like there's so many opportunities. Like I said, like you could, 
you could literally be able to hold down a job and hunt a different state during on the weekends and never have any free time because you would just be doing that all the time. You know, and even yeah. during the summertime, you'd be scouting every weekend. Like, yeah, I know me, and I think that's how I would be. So the the good thing that came out of it for me is I was able to find a wife, have some kids. Um, actually, neither one of my kids were born, I guess, when I started doing this. But um, one of them was at least in the process of being created. So, uh we were able to do that, and then I, I, then I got into it. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, it gave yeah. me a chance to to do that. And that that's a, that's real. That's real. I mean, that's just real talk. Like, oh yeah. And I'm not saying that I would have not married my wife. I'm simply saying we may not have ever even met had I gotten into this stuff <laughs> earlier because I may not have ever been around anything else but the woods. <laughs> so I got you. Yo, I know, man. I know. I know. All right. So both of us can say that a a a regret is um, not getting on public land sooner. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and now you were saying earlier, Parker, that um, prior to us jumping on, that one of your regrets or a regret was a um, something that happened out in Texas on a on a um, on a, on a deer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Y- you want to break that down for, yeah, so, for the listeners? So it's not a secret, I don't think, to anybody. We did a podcast last, what was it, last year. That was what, uh, mm-hmm. the Small Buck Podcast, Should Parker Stop Shooting yeah. Small Bucks. Um, and I say, I've said it a lot, that I'm an opportunist-type hunter. Yes. Um, now, uh, I'll say this. I have not always been this way. Um <laughs> When I was when I was growing up, when I was basically like in junior high and high school, um, and we were on a on a lease, and you, like you said earlier, in Texas, especially West Texas, there is no public land out there. There's zero, yeah. um, at least that I know about in West Texas and far West Texas, like the Permian Basin area. Um, we were basically like almost to New Mexico, is where we were at, right. and um, out there. There was, there was, I mean, that I know of, there was no public land. And so everything was a rich man's sport. You know, I mean, um, my dad saved religiously, saved money so that we could be on a deer lease. He didn't make a ton of money, but um, he saved. My dad's very frugal, especially when he wants something, he will save up until he gets it. And he did it every year so that we would have a place to hunt. And, um... So on those leases out there in West Texas, you have to be very selective because um, they're they're highly managed. You know, you're managing a herd with a bunch of people, and it's not like a hunting club necessarily here in uh, in the South, in the Deep South. It's it's more like you're all managing a piece of property. And so on his membership, um, we got to shoot. He got to shoot a trophy buck a coal buck and a doe. And sometimes that would be two does, um, depending on, depending on the the counts and stuff. So, um, that was what we got to shoot and me, him and my little sister hunted. So, um, it was just kind of a known thing that dad got to shoot the trophy buck, right? Like that was the goal is for dad to be able to shoot a trophy buck. But my dad's also the kind of guy that he's, you know, 
if a if a drop tine deer came out in front of me, he would rather me shoot it than let it get away. You know what I mean? And so right. that's how he's always been. And and I, I kind of knew that, um, but but I also really knows knew that he he wanted to shoot that that big buck. You know that's yeah that's his hard earned money, yeah. and I would be happy enough not you know to shoot a coal buck. And uh, a coal buck on a Texas lease is a whole different thing than a coal buck that we see in the <laughs> South. Like it, it's a much better deer than what yeah. you would see, you know, a coal buck be considered in Alabama. But um, it was opening day of bow season and I was a, what was I, a sophomore maybe in high school and mm-hmm. um, opening day of bow season, I'm sitting in a tripod stand in some mesquites in kind of a little, like a creek, whatever type of creek bottom you can have in West Texas. That's kind of what it was. Just a little, a little oak bottom type thing. And, uh, and the deer used it like crazy. It was really good deer trails. And, uh, we were hunting over corn cause that's what we did. That's what you do in West Texas. And, um, the year before I had shot a, a big buck, dad had accidentally kind of shot a, um, a coal buck right before dark thinking it was a bigger deer and so he he basically was able to use his his tag as the coal buck tag and i hadn't shot anything so i got to shoot the trophy buck i shot an 11 point the year before that and so you know i was i i I had had made up in my mind that i wasn't going to shoot a big buck if it walked out well opening day of bow season i'm sitting there and i'd watched a bunch of deer go through and then all of a sudden (laughs) out of the mesquite the biggest buck to this day the biggest buck I've ever seen in my life walked out in front of me at under 20 yards right in front of me to the corn pile and just sat there and ate. I mean, mm. Drew, when I say it was a, when I say it was a 160, I'm being, mm. I'm being like nice about it. Like I'm being very mm. conservative because it could have been bigger than that. It was the biggest deer I've ever seen in the wild. I think, uh, it was giant. Mm. It was giant buck and I watched it. Like I held off on it. And it was easy. I'm not going to say it was, I'm not going to say it was easy, but there was never, I never even raised my bow up. I wasn't tempted to shoot it because I knew like, Hey, I want dad to be able to shoot his trophy buck. So I watched this deer and I watch it walk away and didn't think I was like, man, that was cool. You know, you get to see that deer. Wish I could have shot it, you know? And, and so dad came and picked me up that morning and, uh, did you see anything? Yeah. So the biggest buck of my life. And uh, he was like, really? And the buck that I shot the year before was really a good deer. It was like a 125-inch 11-point uh, with split, split brows. You know, it was a decent deer. And he was like, really? I said, yeah, it was the biggest deer. I said, it was probably, at that point, I said, it was probably a 170-inch deer. It was gigantic. It's the biggest deer I've ever yeah. seen out here. The biggest, bigger than anything we've got on cameras. It was big. And he said, why didn't you shoot it? <laughs> Thus, the biggest regret that I have ever had is not shooting that deer. Uh, I'm glad I didn't. Um, I was glad. I was proud of myself at the time. But basically, from the moment those words left my dad's mouth to now, that is one of the biggest regrets that I have. Because that would be the biggest deer that I've that I've ever shot. I mean... It mm. by far, by a long shot, probably by 30 inches, Yeah, you know, maybe 40 yeah. inches. 
There's no telling. I mean, it would have been the biggest deer I've ever killed. Um, so that's that's my biggest regret. But let me tell you one good thing that came out of it. And this is why, you know, I mean, regrets, if you look hard enough, there's always something good that can come from yeah. a regret, you know, or a situation mm-hmm. like that. Uh, my sister was able to kill her first buck ever that year because yeah. I didn't use that buck, uh, that, that buck tag from that, for that membership. She was able to kill a really, really good eight point. Um, and at that time, I think she was probably only, she was in maybe seventh grade or sixth grade. She was young and she killed a really good eight point with like thick chocolate antlers. And so her and my dad were able to experience that together. So yeah, that's the positive side that came out of that is Morgan. I mean, she got to develop a a love and have an experience with her dad and all that kind of stuff, you know. And because I was able to hold off on that, so that's a that's definitely a positive, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, I don't necessarily always think about that. I think of man, my wall would look a lot different if I would have shot that deer. <laughs> <laughs> So let me hear it, Drew. Do you have any? Do you have anything like that that you would say um, that would be a regret? Well, I mean, we 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 all have the ones that you know got away. Um, yeah. And you know, I I missed a couple of years ago. Um, what was my um, the biggest deer that I've seen in in Alabama? You know, um, the the other probably the biggest regret that that I have hunting wise. Um, I went up to Illinois two years ago. Um, a buddy of mine um, uh, has a lease up there, and I just kind of, you know, messaged him. I was like, "Hey, man, you know, if you ever need a, a second on one, you know, or just an, a, another guy to fill a spot, just holler at me." I didn't think he would, you know, do it. I mean, we're, uh, you know, I've when I, when I say a buddy, I mean we've we've communicated over Facebook and some different forums and stuff like that. I've met him a couple times, but nothing not you know uh, nothing concrete or anything so amazingly he got back to me so to make a long story short I, I got on a lease with him up there and um i did learn a lesson there i i kind of did it sight unseen i just went off his word in the sense of it you know it's uh it's hey this is a good spot it's a good place and and it and it was i just um it was more geared for um for shotgun um, yeah. than, than it was bow. And, and so I ended up actually going to a piece of public land. Um, I just, I just kind of looked on, on X, I found a piece of public land and, um, I went over there and it was, it was completely blind dude. Like I, 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 I parked my truck. It was, it was Illinois in, um, mid November, it was snowing, it was cold. Um, I walked in. I, I set up on um, on the top of a little ridge with some um, um, real thick like gallberries and um, privet, what 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 we would call privet and different things like that. I don't know what they call it there, but I mean, um, and I'm sitting there and I, I'd already had a couple of does kind of ease by me, and um, this was before I had uh, you know got a saddle or anything like that, and I, I was sitting in a um, lock on with some steps. And, um, and, and I heard a deer walking and, um, 
I was trying to see where he was, trying to find him. I couldn't find him. But and by the time that I saw him pop out of the out of the gallberries in the privet, um, he was about thirty five yards away. And um he was the biggest deer I've ever seen. Um, I mean he 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 was one of the ones where you I mean, he's a t- he's a classic Midwestern deer. Yeah. I would probably say in in the mid one one forties. Um he was a typical ten, just thick, carried mass out. He wasn't tall. He was just real, real, real thick. I mean, coat cams down at the bases. I mean, just a big deer. Mm. And I'd, I'd never seen a deer like that before in my whole entire life. And so I just completely froze. I just, well, I was Florida like, Florida oh boys my God. up there, like, is that a horse? What did I, I, mean, I just see you walk through there? I literally, I was froze because of the biggest deer. And I was also froze because it was like seven degrees, <laughs> you know? And I'm, and I'm like, this is, this is the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. And he was walking because uh, a, a doe had come through about 45 minutes earlier. And I guess she was in heat because he had his nose to the ground, tongue out, um, bristled up. I mean, he was, he was moving. And, you know, you, if you watch any outdoor television, you see him grunt at him and stop him and do all this different stuff. And you say, that's what you're going to do and all that different stuff. And it's it's like, you know, whenever you were a kid Parker and you were playing with fireworks on the 4th of July and you caught yourself on fire and they teach you in school, stop, drop and roll. You're like, Oh yeah, I'll definitely do that. And then you just run around in circles, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and you have no idea what to do. Like, that's what I was running around in circles. I was just like, this is, I didn't do, I didn't do nothing. I didn't pull my bow back. I didn't, I didn't run at him. I didn't, I was just looking at him going, that's the biggest deer of my life. And he walked right out of my life and just <laughs> kept right on kept right on going and i didn't i didn't pull my bow back um i didn't pull my bow back because it got 50 yards away and i'm like drew what are you doing you don't even have a 50 yard pin you know <laughs> it's like everything's a, del- a late reaction <laughs> like, like i was i literally i was just i was like one i was just amazed that i i, I went up to a, a, a out of a, a out of state hunt on public ground and I saw the biggest deer in my life. I just couldn't believe it. And, yeah. and, and I just froze. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. You know? And, um, mm-hmm. uh, so that's the, that's probably the, the biggest regret <laughs> that, that I have hunting wise up to this point, you know, is, yeah. is that, um, um, you know, now there's a lot of other takeaways from that, that I've, you know, and trying to learn now. Um, and so, <laughs> but yeah, man, that's the, that's the one that got away. Well, I think you can I think you can take from that like you know those in the moment in the heat of the moment being able to be prepared for those heat of the moment yeah. situations, you know. Um I'll tell you one thing that has helped me in those heat of the moment type things to like make a move is filming. So when I film, when I see a deer, yeah. I have a very fluid like a very fluid grab for my bow, grab the camera, the the fluid head at the same time motion. You know, it's just it just kind of right. like deer grab. Like I'm going for it. As long as I have a like I'm I'm going for both of those as soon as I have a, the ability to. And so, you know, I think being able to come up with those like just muscle memory things to where it's not a foreign thing. You know what I mean? Like Right. Oh, I'm actually gonna have to right. shoot at one, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. And and Parker, 
along with that, one of the regrets I was going to also, you know, kind of get to was just the, um, I've been guilty, especially in uh, previous seasons of um, really, really not practicing a whole lot outside of, and I'm just going to say it, man, like the, you know, the week before bow season, Yeah. you know, you, you get your field points, you kind of get it sighted in, then you screw your broadheads on and then you just go hunting and then you never shoot until you either pick your bow up to shoot a deer or you, you know, um, you don't shoot any deer during the season. And so I've been, I've been very guilty of that. And I, I, I think that if, if I would have been a lot more intentional about my practice, you know, shooting, um, then it would, just like you said, muscle memory, you yeah. know, pick the bow up, pull back anchor, you know, deep, you know, deep breath release, you know? And so, um, that's a, that's a huge regret that went in that hunt, but I didn't know about until, you know, you kind of get done with the hunt and you get done with the season, you kind of look back and go, okay, man, what could I done different? Well, that's, that's something that I could have done different is, is make sure that I, um, just know my equipment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, also, you know, sh- taking shots at 35 yards, um, that's probably the extent of what I want to take just being honest, but at yeah. least if I, if I would have taken a lot of shots at that distance, then I would have been uh, a lot more comfortable, especially with a deer walking, you know, away from me. Um, but just the, just the, you know, just the not being intentional about um, practicing. It really hurt there. You know, there's a lot of things that could be said for the from all this stuff. You know, I know, and I, w- I would venture to say that maybe the majority of the people I know who bow hunt don't pull out their bow and start practicing until a couple weeks before the season starts. And yeah. I think we're all guilty of, shooting 20 yard shots because what we think is well this is the distance that i'm going to be shooting at this is where i'm going to be setting up to shoot at these type distances at 20 yards but without fail every year while you may be setting up on the main trail that's only 20 yards away that deer is going to come out at 35 or 40 yards and your confidence is going to be low on that shot. Yeah. That doesn't mean yeah. you, you haven't practiced it. And then you'll, this is what I have found myself do a lot is, um, I'm going to practice at 20 yards, 20 yards, 20 yards, 20 yards, 20 yards. And then maybe one last round, I might shoot at 30 yards, make sure that's close. And then I'll shoot at 40 yards and make sure that's close. But I really, I really, you know, like hone in on that 20 yard shot because I feel like that's going to be my most, um, common shot. When the reality is, right. is that it's just not the case, you know, um, you can't do that. So what I've started doing at this point is I know I'm good on that 20 yard shot. Like I, I know I'm fine. I'm going to be okay on a 20 yeah. yard shot unless something crazy happens. The deer ducks a string or maybe I do something wrong. Um, but for the most part, that 20 yard shots second nature. I need to be practicing mm-hmm. at those 35, you know, those middle, 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 uh, split pin shots, you know, like right. the 35 yard right. shots, the, the 37 yard shots or the 22 yard shot or, or those kind of things like that. That's where I need to be practicing on because that's where I need the most improvement at. So just like what yeah. you said, you know, I'm sure you were fine at 20 yards, but when it came yeah. to 35, it wasn't a 
um, it wasn't a chip shot for you. You had to think about it and and to the point where it was like, I don't even know if that's in range. And so I think that's a yeah. I think that's a positive that a lot of guys can learn from. You know, don't be that guy because you will be that guy if you right. if you don't pull your bow out until two weeks before the season. I don't care how many deer you've killed with a bow in your life. Eventually, you're gonna if you keep doing that, you're gonna get it to a situation where you it's gonna bite you in the butt. And I would say don't do that. I mean, just yeah. have a little bit of discipline. Shoot once a week during the summer. But I mean, honestly, yeah. should we really have to convince you to go out and have fun shooting? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Ain't nobody need to convince you to do that. That's crap's fun. Yeah. Anyways, that's yeah. That's a that's another deal. So that's a good one. I I I like that one. I think being able to trust your gear is something everybody can learn from. Let me ask you this: your mm-hmm. yes or no question. Do you have any deer that you have shot that you've taken in its life and that you regret? No. Not one. I do. Mm-mm. No. No, no. I mean, uh, you know, because I just, growing up the way that I grew up as a dog hunter and then and, and in Florida are, you know, um, contrary to what Walter Lee says, um, you know, uh, Florida does not have good genetics. And um, <laughs> and so, um, um, so there's, there, there's not a deer that – um, especially a buck that I've taken where I, you know, you, you get up and you get, you know, ground shrinkage or you have, you know, um, remorse over, um, I, that's, that's just not me. I mean, I can honestly say every time I pulled the trigger, it was something that, that got my heart pounding and I was yeah. excited to pull the trigger on. Um, now, uh, you know, those, those range from spikes to, you know, eight points to three points. I mean, you know, I, that's just, um, you know, and I'm, I know different guys will have, they, they have different standards on different things and, um, and that's totally cool. But just like you said, we, we're, we're more into the experience at Southern ground. Um, yes, we all want to shoot 130 inch deer, you know, um, I, I would, I would love that, you know, um, my, my dad actually last year, he, um, in Florida, he killed what we're, we're going to get it back from the taxidermy but he killed a he killed a hundred about 130 inch deer on our lease in florida i mean it's the biggest deer i've ever seen in the state of florida you know and so it that's that's awesome but now he's hunted all his life and he's he's um he's, he's 59 years old yeah. you know yeah it's taken him 59 years to shoot a deer <laughs> of that caliber in florida you know and so more years than that, that if you start adding your years to his years and then yeah your brother's years yeah. i mean you're talking yeah. close to a hundred years collective years <laughs> to kill a 130 yeah that's I crazy mean, and yeah and so it's it um so every time that that i pulled the trigger there's there's been no remorse and so now parker i'm going to ask you the same thing has there been any any time that you pulled the trigger on a deer that you felt regret over it? There actually has been, yeah, yeah, there has okay. been. Um, awesome. And uh, the, you know, we talked about some of it a little bit. You know, whenever I missed that buck in Tennessee um, this past year, that little buck that I shouldn't. I mean, that I I shot at. I would have been happy if I shot him, um, especially knowing what I know now. Um, 
Right. Hindsight's twenty twenty, uh, and I didn't Boy. shoot a buck in Tennessee this year, so I would have been totally fine with that. Yeah, at least I filled a buck tag in Tennessee. But um, I, I'm not going to say I regret taking a shot at that deer, but in the moment I was like, maybe I should. I mean, that was the whole purpose behind that podcast. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think that you can learn things like that up to that point, you know, going into a new state, um, on the opening day of bow season is what that was on a WMA. I had never stepped foot on so much to scout. Like I had never been there before and I got an opportunity at a buck with my bow. Uh, that was cool, you know? And so, yeah. um, any other point in my life, I would have been like, Heck yeah, man! This is awesome. But there was a there was a point in that after I had missed where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm glad I missed that deer. And yeah. and I don't know if that regret comes from anything that's personal or if it, or if it came from I just don't want to deal with people who have something to say about somebody shooting a small buck. Honestly, if I'm yeah. just being real with you, that shouldn't affect me. But it 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 does come into play. I just don't even want to deal with people like that right now. Um, because yeah. let's, let's be real people, people kind of suck sometimes and everybody thinks you should yeah. live by their standards. Um, but the, but the deer that I do absolutely regret, um, it, this is another West Texas story and, um, I got to a point one year, it was actually my, it was my, my senior year of high school. So I knew I was moving away. I wasn't going to be able to be on that lease anymore unless I wanted to pay for my own membership, because once I graduated high school, I couldn't be on dad's membership anymore. And it happened to be like one of the toughest years on that lease. There was a drought. Um, all of our turkeys disappeared. The deer numbers went down significantly. The deer, the buck um, antler size was just whack. We just were not seeing deer and it was getting really tough. And it got to be the last week of the season and I hadn't even killed a deer. I hadn't killed a thing that year, and uh, yeah. except for a couple does, I went with a buddy um, to his uncle's ranch in the hill country of Texas, and I shot like two or three does, I can't remember, on that trip, but I had not killed a buck at all on that lease, and this was the first time maybe that I ever just went against the rules when it came to deer hunting. Yeah. Like, I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to start shooting. And so I'd actually grunted in. It was it was kind of like a blizzard type, like sideways snowstorm. And like frozen rain is more what it was rather than snow. But I had done a grunting and rattling sequence. And this like three-point buck walked up like right to me. And it was just so such a cool picture because the wind was blowing. And that frozen frozen rain was hitting him and like, he was like puffed up in his winter coat and the wind was blowing his hair and he would, you could tell he was like walking with his shoulder into the wind because the wind was so yeah. strong. And I was like, man, that's cool. And I ended up shooting that deer. Well, like I told you, the rules on that lease were very clear. Um, you don't do that. Right. Uh, I was, I was, right. I was young enough um, to where it wasn't a big, a big, huge deal, but I was also, I was also further along in my hunting career than most people my age at that time. Right. Like I was, right. I, I was established, you know, I, I knew what I was doing and I was hunting by myself and, and I was good at it, but 
but I just had a tough year, honestly. And I was like, I just want to shoot something. And so I shot that deer and it gets better. Um, obviously my dad's not on that lease anymore and I didn't do anything against the law, uh, necessarily, but, um, it gets better. So I was like, holy crap, that was crazy. I just called that deer in. Well, I sit there a little bit longer and another deer, almost the identical deer, it may have been his brother or something comes out. I was like, I'm freaking shooting him too. And so I shot him (laughs) 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 And he almost died in the exact same spot. Which it wasn't against the the law. Law. Um, yeah. And and technically, technically that year it it wasn't against the lease law, unless Dad would have shot a bigger buck that day. It was like I said, it was like the last right. day of the season, and so I was just kind of like in slaughter mode. And Dad didn't yeah. shoot another buck. So really, the two bucks that we got on that lease were those two bucks that year. Yeah. Um, Cause that was yeah. our last, that was, I think that was his last year on there too, as well. Uh, not because he got in trouble or anything, but I do regret that. Uh, if I'm being honest, yeah. like I regret shooting those deer. It was against, it It wasn't technically against the the rules of anything, but if you were like, we weren't telling anybody about it on the lease, right? Like we weren't about to say yeah. to anybody, Hey, Look what we shot, you know, because that would have been yeah. that would have been a bad deal. Um, but it, that was when I was learning, man. Like I was learning those type of things. Like to that point, I had never shot a deer that was against the rules, or you know what I mean. Like, yeah. So like I didn't yeah. know what that feeling was, but that that taught me something. I learned a lot through that. That was like it's not worth it. If you're going to shoot something yeah. like that, that's going to be against the rules and you're not going to be able to enjoy that experience as much because you can't share it with people. What the heck is the point of it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what, why did you do yeah. that? Like you could say yeah. like, Oh, well to eat so that I could buy meat somewhere else. Right. I just ruined that experience by breaking a rule right there. And so, you know, I think that one is, that one would be more geared to the young guy who's like, who I promise you, you will eventually get into that, into that situation where like, I so badly wish I could break a rule right here. Or, you know, if you've got antler restrictions in your county and you're like, I'm just going to shoot something and hide it. Well, yeah, I mean, on it, was it, is it worth it? That doesn't sound enjoyable. You can't enjoy it yeah. to its full potential. And so that's where yeah. I'm at with that story. Um, I would say yeah. any any deer that I've shot on public, and that's part of the reason why I enjoy public land is because nobody's policing me unless it's you know a, a, a state law or a county law, antler restriction or something right. like that. For the most part, nobody's, nobody's policing me on what kind of deer I'm shooting. I can go out and shoot whatever I want to shoot that day. You know, I enjoy that. I enjoy that aspect of it. That is literally up to me what I kill. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's my, I think that's my biggest, you know, we covered kind of three types of regrets in that it's think regretting that we wished regretting that we didn't do things sooner, like public land, like saddle Mm -hmm. hunting, um, talking about the biggest regrets, more of a mistake 
that we made or a decision that yeah. we made to pass a deer, basically the ones that got yeah. away. And, and you don't have any regrets when it comes to deer that you have actually pulled the trigger in, but I do. So that we talked about those three types of regrets. Um, is there any other things that you can think of, Drew, that you would say, this is, this would be something that I regret and maybe something, some, something somebody can learn from? Yeah. Um, I think every, every deer, um, um, that I've shot or, you know, shot at, I've, I've never regretted it. Now, some of the shots <laughs> and the shot placement I have regretted, you know, in the sense yeah. of, um, especially when I was young, um, and, um, just, uh, you know, after I started hunting on my own, dad would let me go sit in my own stand, do all that stuff, you know, just learning how to do it, you know, learning to wait until, you know, you have a, 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 a good shot at, you know, vitals and, mm. and not just, you know, um, and not treating a, a buck like you do a dove and, you know, you start shooting a dove as soon as you see it fly across the field, right. you know, you can't, you don't, that's not the way you should do it with, with a, uh, with a deer, you know, wait, wait for a good ethical shot. And there were some times where I didn't, I didn't take an ethical shot, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I just was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I was young, I was really inexperienced. I was like, Oh my gosh. And, you know, and, and I know one of the things that Dan, Dan, Dan Infault preaches is kill him as soon as you can, you know, but he also, along with that, he makes sure that he prefaces that by, you know, making sure you shoot to kill, not, not just shoot, you know? Yeah. And so I would, I took some, I took some dumb shots, you know, especially with, with, with a bow. Cause I was just learning how to try to kill a deer with it and shoot a deer with it. And it was just, you know, I was like, I can fit it between those two pine trees. Only have two inches. I can do that. You know? Oh man. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know? something, Drew, that happens to me even now. I make those decisions yeah. oh, even yeah. now depending on like we talked about it around the time whenever I shot at that buck in Tennessee and I missed, I could not hit a freaking deer to save my life in that, in like that short stint, like probably two weeks. I missed like mm -hmm. 10 times and I got yeah. to a point where it was just like, I've missed so many times that I was just flinging arrows at that point. Like yeah. I was just, I was just throwing out, throwing arrows out there, hoping I hit spot because i couldn't hit it even when i was taking my time anyways and so it like i make those calls still i wounded a buck with my rifle this year because i didn't wait for the perfect shot opportunity because i thought he was about to get away and i ended up screwing up my whole area right there i brought in a dog and the dog yeah. couldn't find it and we eventually i basically wasted all day and so much energy like nine miles i think we spent tracking this stinking yeah. thing and i i did all of that because i could not wait on a better shot i mean that's just yeah. ridiculous so i i've got those man i think i don't know how you get better at those other than just those experiences like i think those those yeah. type of regrets come with experience and they come with spending yeah. time in the woods uh i i can remember practicing my bow when I was little with me and my dad, when we, neither one of us knew what we were doing, you were like, yeah, we hit it in the leg. That'd kill it. You yeah. know, <laughs> like, like, yeah. I think that, I think that would probably do it. We were just excited that we just hit the dang foam target. And oh yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> and so you, you <laughs> learned that though. I mean, 
you learn that whenever you do. I'm not saying that you should, but you will. You will, as a bow hunter, you will experience a bad shot placement. I promise you, yeah. anybody who says he hasn't is lying or he ain't bow hunted yeah. long enough. It, it's yeah. just, it's going to happen. And so, yeah. you know, Drew, I think that's, I think that's a really good point in that, um, the best way to, the best way to not have to regret those type of decisions is to practice, you know, yeah, practice, practice holding off, practice waiting for the right shot opportunity, practice all these things. And, um, and again, make, make that muscle memory muscle, make it a muscle memory where you can, yeah. you can, it's almost like second nature. Um, yeah. Well, man, dude, we're, we're like, uh, we're running up on an hour. I didn't think we'd be able to talk this long about this, but I hope it helps somebody out. Um, like I said, we're back into deer podcast, Drew, and, uh, we got something exciting yes. coming up in July. Um, yes, I'm so, I'm so jacked for it. It's going to be fun. So we're doing our local legend series. We did it last year with uh, Warren Womack. We did it with uh, Jamie McKay, Rick Kiley, um, Peter Updike. I mean, it was just a really, really fun series that we did last year. And we got such a good response that we're going to do it again. And so I'm super excited about it in July. Here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do is uh, go on our Facebook page. And maybe, or Instagram, it doesn't matter. Both are, uh, Instagram is at Southern Ground Hunting and Facebook is at Southern Ground Hunting. Go on one of those and uh, send us a message. Send us a a direct message, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you have a suggestion of somebody in your area, um, and I I would like to keep it pretty specific to public land hunting. Um, Somebody that you would say, this person is a local legend and everybody can learn something by listening to them talk. And, uh, and tell us, I mean, I honestly, dude, Drew, I'm not in North Carolina. I'm not in South Carolina and I'm not super involved in their hunting right. scene. So I don't know right. who they, who, who is, who is the local legend there. I can tell you, yeah. I can tell you this, Michael Perry, Jamie McKay. I know those guys because they're in my area. Like right. those people are everywhere. There's a lot right. of those people. We just need to know who they are. So if you've got somebody like that in mind from your area Anywhere in the southeast, Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi, Louisiana, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, did I already say Georgia? I think I did. West Virginia, mm-hmm. um, Kentucky. What am I missing, Drew? Texas. Hit me with it. Uh, I think that's about I it. I think that's everybody in the southeastern oh, conference. Maybe Oklahoma. So. Um, if you know yeah, somebody um, like that, you guys sure. let me know about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also too, guys, like it, I mean, we, we, we definitely want to talk to people who consistently put themselves in position, but I, you know, um, also someone that, you know, uh, uh, grows the sport, you know, like, like Peter Updike, man, was yeah. one of my favorite from last year, you know, um, Guy hunts in, in Central Florida is not going to kill humongous deer, you know. He kills but good deer is, for is that a, area, but he, he kills good deer. But he's a conservationist. He fights for public land. Um, like guys like that 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 are doing doing good to not not only put good deer on the ground and deer on the ground, but just just good people, man. Just yeah. good people. Yeah. If y'all know somebody, 
let us know because we would love to talk to them. Um, we got a few ideas and a few leads of people that we're gonna we're gonna have on, but uh, I would like to hear from some of you guys. So, um, like I said, with that, uh, make sure you do check us out on Facebook and on Instagram and on YouTube. Um, Drew, we got some cool stuff coming up as far as merchandise. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but we actually released the new Southern Ground logo today. And yes, I saw um, that. I'm really excited about it. I really like the way that it turned out. Uh, I feel like the other one was just maybe a little bit busy, didn't look as cool on some of the merch, and so we're going to have a brand new line of merch coming out very soon um, due to a lot of the COVID stuff and uh, coronavirus, like the shipping, everything is kind of wacky, so <laughs> I'm trying to uh, get everything lined up before we actually make that stuff live, but I can tell you within the next two weeks... We will have some stickers for you to put on your car available, um, like 4x4 circle stickers with the logo, and uh, I think those will be pretty cool. So uh, we'll, yeah, man, we'll make I'm, sure and put I'm those jacked up. jacked up for it. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. So, Drew, do you got anything else, buddy? No, man, I'm just I'm just excited. I got some new arrows in. Heck yeah. Um, and um, so I'm going to be diving into that. Yeah next week so i'm i'm jacked up man man i am fired up about some deer hunting um mm, me too i can't wait i cannot wait just a few short months and we'll be there Whew, it's gonna be awesome dude it's gonna be cool all right guys yeah. well, we're gonna we're gonna make it end right here make sure you check out uh scree gear make sure you check out um tethered Hey, another cool thing. I don't know if you guys saw, but I got accepted on Team New Canoe um, this past week, which is pretty awesome. That means that um, probably coming up pretty shortly, we're going to have some benefits that you guys, all the listeners, can can get through New Canoe if you decide you want to get into the kayak game. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, especially summer fishing coming up, guys. It's a great time yeah. to you know, get one. Drew, you're getting one that's coming soon at some point um can't wait man oh yeah can't wait well cool yeah check out all those companies we believe in them we would not represent them we wouldn't support them if we did not 100 percent believe in the things that they do so um uh yeah check them out that's screegear.com tetherednation.com and newcanoe.com and uh all great companies all uh people that we support so Make sure you check those out. Check us out on Facebook and on Instagram and at southerngroundhunting.com. Guys, if you are going to be out in the woods or on the water, make sure you remember this, that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.